Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 680 with a review of The Card Counter. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, uh, The Card Counter, I think, is available for most premium VOD platforms now, um, so you can rent it for 20 bucks and check it out. Um, that is what we did here on the podcast. And, you know... Before we get started, Stephen, I just want to ask you a question. Let's say you were a young young man, you know, probably college age-ish, um, sure. and you know, you know, may, maybe your life's going good, maybe it's not. But what if some strange man just approached you and said, "Hey, uh, I basically travel around the country and I just play poker and I stay in motels all the time. How would you like to just get in the car with me and go on this journey?" And uh, yeah, w- would you get in the car with that man? <laughs> Does the car have windows and is there candy inside? <laughs> yeah, no windows. It's just a white van, but there is candy. Mm. I mean, it dep- It would really depend how aimless I'm feeling. Uh, I know you're you're referencing the card counter, uh, <laughs> the movie where I think the character has particular feelings um, that play into this. But no, I wouldn't. Of course, I wouldn't. But I, I also think I, if I were like 20 or 21, the idea of someone who like travels around being in casinos and stuff i i kind of would think it was cool i think i wouldn't have yet learned how pathetic and unfun it is to live that way but but i think the difference is like you know like not too long ago you know texas hold'em became huge and everybody was obsessed with it and everybody and their mom was like playing online poker and then that got you know kiboshed by the authorities and stuff and then now people like you know you might try to go to a little tournament it's one thing to go to a tournament stay up all night drinking with somebody and having that person say like hey i just go around the country and do this you should totally come and then you being swept up in in the the movement of what is happening in the moment like i could kind of get that right like that that would be interesting um just being at like a security conference <laughs> And then a guy whose past you know about just goes like, hey, kid, how about you get in my car and just drive around the country with me and we never come home again? Are, are you sure you didn't watch Cry Macho instead? <laughs> I did hey, not kid. watch Cry Macho. <laughs> how about you get in my car? <laughs> I, I hear you. All I'm saying is that if you, you may also have your own agenda and things that you're planning on doing that hint that you may not be the most stable person in the world yourself true 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 also it's oscar isaac i mean yeah I'm more, I'm more likely to get in his guy. car than like a random person right <laughs> i i have to say by the way because there's no way to fold this into a review but everything i watched like felt connected yesterday like basically i watched the card counter oscar isaac and then immediately Joanne and I watched Scenes from a Marriage, like the four episodes that are out so far, yep. which are, you know, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain. Um, all through the card counter, I was thinking about Zero Dark Thirty with Jessica Chastain and Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. And it just, yeah. I don't know, ev- everything felt like everything had Corey Stoll or Oscar Isaac isn't, or Jessica Chastain in it. <laughs> isn't there also a movie with him and Jessica Chastain where he is like a mob... He's working for a mob that is like stealing oh, yeah, gasoline. Most violent year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I never watched that movie actually, but I yeah. didn't see it either. But yeah, you, you could have just gone full literal circle there. 
and gone forward. There, there but... were just all all these connections because Corey Stoll was also in uh, Scenes from a Marriage, and he I'd just seen him be Junior Soprano too earlier yeah. that day, and it just my mind was blown. Everything, it's all one thing. Yep. And if you were a mob boss, there'd be a good chance your mind would be blown. That that is true. Because turns out it doesn't work out for a lot of mob bosses. Nope. There's only um, two but, ways this thing ends. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, what do you say, Stephen, we get into this review of The Card Counter? Let's do it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for The Card Counter, and then we're going to come back and give you that review. There is a weight a man can accrue. This is where all the good stuff happens. The weight created by his past actions. It is a weight which can never be removed. All in. You count cards, right? I'm not that smart. But you win. You need someone to stake you. That's what you do. You run a stable. I'm always looking for a good thoroughbred. <laughs> Having been sentenced to 10 years in prison, I learned to count cards. How'd you do that? Poker's all about waiting. Check, raise, re-raise, call. Then something happens. You remember it? This is where all the good stuff happens. They made you the fall guy. You need to back off. You've been around him. He's a mystery. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. This is how it starts. Just a fleeting thought. You might want a piece of what I'm gonna do. Then it builds. What is that? Set things straight. It doesn't matter to me if you did something bad in your past. Nothing, nothing can justify what we did. We are each responsible for our own actions. You know the phrase tilt, just like a pinball. Any man can tilt. You can tilt. Is it possible to know when one reaches the limit? to be the strangest poker player I ever met. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. All right. So the card counter is the story of a man um, named William Tell who uh, taught himself to count cards while serving 10 years in prison um, for the events he played in Abu Ghraib uh, where he tortured uh, people. And... Uh, he is now going around the country, just has a very simple life where he travels around and does low stakes poker. And um, he is sort of drawn in to the life of a young person who knows a little bit about his past and sets a few things in motion. And uh, yeah, I'll just go with that. Um, Stephen Miller, what did you think of the card counter? Uh, so I thought this movie was great. I was a big, big, big fan of this. Uh, that is why I texted you yesterday saying that I thought you should watch it because 
I'm going to turn the tables a little bit and first play why do I think Christopher might like this movie versus Uh-oh. why might he not like this movie? <laughs> um, why he might not like this movie, well, there's a bunch of things. For one, the movie is 90% tone and 10% characters saying what their innermost thoughts are. You know, that is, Paul Schrader has clearly carved out that this is what he wants to do. You know, uh, I haven't seen a lot of his modern day movies, but we both watched First Reformed. And I think this follows very much in those footsteps of being like the the lone man trying to seek penance, trying to see can we be saved in this terrible hell that we're living in. Um, I don't think that's your vibe. I know specifically you did not like First Reformed. I also know a movie that promises to be about something like, let's say, poker, and then is barely about that thing can bother you. On the other hand... The tone is so fucking cool in this movie. I kind of want to say that it beat your desire to have the plot be about what it says it's about, and you just vibed with it. I, you don't need to tell me yet. I vibed with this movie very well. I like this movie quite a bit more than First Reformed. I know First Reformed was more of the like critical, beloved movie. For me, this took the the brooding religious search for salvation and added a layer of just grit and intensity onto it. It felt more like a Denis Villeneuve movie for me, almost including the, like the the music by Robert Levin Bean. I was so sure it was Radiohead and it just felt like, I was so sure this was going to be like, I, I don't know. I, I just had that feeling of like, this is just like a masterful dark movie that wants me to feel a certain way. And it, it wrapped me in. I love everything oscar isaac is doing i think he's fantastic in this movie uh, the range he shows watching this and then watching scenes from a marriage back to back is pretty mind-blowing um yeah. the th- what he does with motel rooms when he stays at them the, the, everything is just so unique and specific and fills you with dread um the weird ultra wide distortion lens used in flashback scenes that like that just so much of this movie, it is just like singular and it wants to get in your head and have you feel dirty, feel what it would feel to be this dirty, broken person who doesn't allow himself to feel much at all anymore, who is just methodically looking for a way to be saved. And some critic I follow complained about him being a card counter because counting cards doesn't do anything in poker. I think the movie makes that clear. And what is brilliant is the thing that the movie I didn't know beforehand, which is that he had been an interrogator. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but it is such a heavy part of the movie. Like he had been an interrogator at Abu Ghraib and that that is what he's doing penance for. And the idea of a man who has lived that life as a torturer, as an interrogator, being a poker player, I think is brilliant. I think that combination makes so much sense in terms of how he would view other people, how he would peer into people's souls, how he would have like a stoic face, not want to be seen, not want to be understood. I just think this movie is really great. I think Ty Sheridan does a great job as kind of like the, the, the wild card, the like the the bomb that might go off in the movie, the young person who is troubled and has latched on to Oscar Isaac's character. I don't know that Tiffany Haddish fits in this world. Um, I didn't completely understand some of how they had her character behave 
like she's kind of like a foil to these very dark brooding characters as the person who kind of speaks normally and reminds us what a lighthearted movie would feel like. Um, but, but even, I don't know. I, I loved the, the whole package of this movie and I thought it just worked super well and it sticks the landing. And when it ended, I just watched the credits roll and I just stared at the screen. And that is kind of the highest praise I can give for a movie like this is it just kept me like gripped the whole time. Yeah, so try and I'll, I'll start with kind of your assumptions on how I would feel based on comparing it to other things. Um, if I can, if I can work my way back there in my mind, um, I think this is if this was a film that secretly was about Abu Ghraib, like suddenly at the end there's like a bit of exposition that's like this whole thing is all about that. I would think of this film differently than it kind of putting that out from the beginning and you kind of getting that from the beginning. So it doesn't feel like a trick. This doesn't feel like, uh, like this isn't about, uh, interrogation and torture in the way that, um, what's the Thanksgiving movie from the festival we just finished? Uh, the humans, it's not about, that in the way that the humans is about nine eleven, where it's right. completely irrelevant except for a character monologuing about where they were on nine eleven. It's like this is very much a specific about this character, and I think that it is an incredibly compelling film. Um, it is interesting that you are super pro Ty Sheridan and not a fan of what Tiffany Haddish is doing. When I feel like the exact opposite, like I think she fits perfectly here as this person who can walk into these high stakes places and sort of just take whatever she wants and sort of kind of like play into this thing where like she's dangerous in her own way. And she just likes the fact that this guy's a little bit dangerous and she can kind of just go in there and hold her own and kind of just has the swagger to play against somebody who is dark and brooding and, and very, very, potentially sinister like she can't tell she like she thinks that there might be something in his past but she has no way of knowing that he's just mysterious and she's like this is kind of cool i like this um ty yeah. sheridan i just felt i like maybe it's that he like looks both 50 and 19 at the same time <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> he does he does have kind of young old man vibes yeah like like so so what happened is we we had originally planned to see Free Guy. I was making Stephen watch Free Guy, so jokingly he was making me watch uh, The Many Saints of Newark because yeah. he knows so that I, I made would. you watch Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we had Ty Sheridan, right? Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, but uh, then Stephen had had made a statement about like, hey, I think you're more likely to potentially like the card counter over anyway so I, I fit it in but i did watch the trailer it was the first time i'd ever seen the trailer and like from the trailer i was like i feel like ty sheridan's a miscast in this role like he just he is standing out in a way that feels weird and maybe that's on purpose because he his character sort of stands out and like his character is playing in spaces that his character is not prepared to play in and maybe that's exactly what he's supposed to be presenting but for some reason he just felt wrong to me in the course of things um all that being said, though, like the mood of this film is incredible. The just where the story goes and how tensions start to wrap up. I think that this this isn't this isn't a film about poker. It's clearly a film about when 
humans do horrible things, how do they carry that psychic pain with them moving forward? And, and how do they reintegrate into society having gone through something that they caused or things that they have done that they have regrets about? And I think that this film is, is it's nailing that story. And it happens to be about a person who goes around playing cards simply as a way to like allow them to continue to go around. I don't a hundred percent understand the wrapping of all the shit in this motel room. I assume it's because he wants to remove all the, he's like, he's creating equilibrium, right? Like mm -hmm. he wants every room he's in to feel like a prison with just four walls and nothingness. I, I assume that's sort of yeah. what he's doing there. Um, but yeah, the, the mood and everything is just incredible in this film. And there are moments where Oscar Isaac is just terrifying and not in the scenes where he's torturing somebody. Right. <laughs> like, like we're not talking about flashbacks that you see. It's really just like the way he plays this and the way he controls a room and the way he thinks about what's going on. And, and I really liked this story of a person who feels he is unredeemable trying to redeem another person. Um, there are sort of like, there are sort of parallels to like the power of the dog in this um, yeah. that, that are really interesting. And I, and I just, I really love where this story goes and, and just how the tension ramps up at the end. Um, and yeah, I, I, I thought it was an incredible film. I still don't a hundred percent understand what happens in the next room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I understand the mechanics of it. I just, it's a weird unspoken thing that transpires and I don't a hundred percent understand how that transaction yeah. was agreed upon. <laughs> No, yeah, I know. I, I think that is supposed to be part of the, uh, basically the what do tortured souls do? And yeah. I think at that moment it has become full on spiritual metaphor or whatever and not what would a person actually do in that situation. Yeah. I, I just I just want the, uh, the, the one cop from The Guilty that says the line that you hate to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, mean, I mean, it's funny. When, when you said that it kind of reminded you of another movie, I almost thought you were going to point back to Many Saints of Newark or what it wanted to be because I think the idea of the guy who is beyond redemption who wants to gift the younger person by m making sure they don't follow suit, making sure they don't make the same mistake, that is what I think this movie is doing successfully with William Tell trying to take Kirk, I think his name is Kurt. I don't, I don't remember Ty Sheridan's character. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk um, with a C. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get Kirk back on the right path. Uh, and nowhere do you feel that that means that Oscar Isaac's character is somehow feeling good or feeling like, he is doing a great job or he's excited or charismatic or anything. It's just like, I am broken beyond all repair. Maybe I can save myself by doing one good deed for someone else and having them avoid becoming me. Um, yeah. And I think like when you say it, that is very heavy handed, like that it's just making text, but a lot of movies make subtext. But I think th this movie just does a very good job of having people deal with weighty themes directly and i th there they have a dynamic where there's a moment when oscar isaac feels 
proud. He feels positive of what has happened. Um, there is a moment when he maybe doesn't anymore. And the, the arc, the way the movie goes through those scenes, I found just crushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I found it just very, very, very heavy, even though he is not charismatic. Like you don't empathize with him in the way you normally would empathize with a character, but you, you feel his, you feel like the psychic toll that has led him to become this way. And that makes I don't know. That just makes the whole movie work for me. It all rests on Oscar Isaac and the fucking music. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it's it's yeah it's it's a really it's it's like emotionally flashy, but mm -hmm. very subdued, and it just it just has style for what it's doing. Yeah, like honestly though, like my my only real complaint besides Ty Sheridan is uh once again i think there's a theme from all these episodes something you praised i really didn't like so i i don't think it was super wide angle i think it was literally a spherical camera mm. my assumption is they were shooting in a real space um not a set and there wasn't a good way to maneuver a real camera or good lighting in that space because there is one moment where like the reason I think it's a spherical camera is because there is a moment where there is a pan that takes place that I believe is a purely digital pan through a spherical mm. uh, camera shot. So I think that like that, for some reason, those flashbacks that just felt weird to me in a way that didn't match the style of like every other ounce of film on this <laughs> on this thing. Yeah, for for some reason, I liked it, and it didn't bother me the way Steven Soderbergh bothered me <laughs> with no sudden move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, to me, just everything, every decision Paul Schrader made just like worked for me in this movie. And it was interesting, too, because I was thinking through gambling movies that I've liked in the past, like uh, California Split or the more modern, similar-ish one, The Gambler, where it's all about like the high, right? The high that you get from winning or being on a tear. Uncut Gems, where it's like the high and the low and the like intensity of it all. Um, this movie, there, it's nothing. Like you, there's no emotion at all. It is just cold logic. It's calculus. Yeah. It, it's just a means to an end. And I don't think I've ever seen a gambling movie do that before. And that, that just feels very, it makes it so every scene that is taking place at like a poker table and the soundtrack is thumping and we're just hearing Oscar Isaac's monologue and not giving a shit about the game being played. Yeah. That, it it feels like the heavy transcendent equivalent of like Zach Braff in Garden State standing and the world around him is like spinning in blurry motion or whatever. Like, it, yeah, yeah. like it, it's taking a thing that should be very stimulating and is zapping it of anything. And there's something about that that I feel like just emotionally really resonates with the story it's trying to tell. And I, I'm shocked I've actually never seen this done before with gambling at all. Like, I don't think I've ever seen like a casino depicted in that depressing isolated way that it is here yeah like basically most of the time when you watch these type of films the character you are following is the ukrainian guy that's dressing in all the american flag stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is the character you're supposed to follow where every single hand you're like yeah usa usa <laughs> well and imagine too being 
having Oscar Isaac's character, William Tell, his history, and then you're being haunted by this guy that just shouts USA and wears an American flag everywhere. Like, Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty. And it's interesting, too, because I think there's definitely a scene where Oscar Isaac, I think he says it to Tiffany Haddish or to, to, to Ty Sheridan, like, says something about like like he does like something something he doesn't deserve to wear that blah 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 and in your head at the time you want to sort of take it as just a like soldier not liking a civilian donning the flag being disrespectful but it's also like so much more than that given that like everything that put him where he is was in service of the united states at the like basically directed but to him by the United States and like that, like it has a, it's not just a, I served you didn't, it's a, it's specifically like, you don't even know how fucked up the thing is you're praising, (laughs) praising right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like you haven't, you haven't earned this darkness. (laughs) Um, I I mean, there's a, I I think he's talking to Ty Sheridan uh, and he says something because the, the whole point is like, the superior officers got off scot-free and it was the people lower on the totem pole that were made to suffer for it. And he says something like we, we knew we couldn't excuse it. Like nothing could possibly make it. Okay. We all knew exactly what we were doing. And there's just the, there's the sense of like, we did something inexcusable and like there is no way whether following orders or whatever we all tapped into it it it's funny speaking of ty sheridan it kind of reminds me of stanford prison experiment well yeah, yeah. Um, i was i was gonna bring that up too because like it's it's yeah. not it's not just that he participated in it he is the people that we all know about because the pictures got out of them like taking photos while yep. like doing stuff to the, to the inmates and things like that so it's not just a I was following orders. I was killing people or whatever. It is specifically you were being a piece of shit on top of following bad orders. Right. Yeah. I, I think the, it, it's this idea of like, I have done something unredeemably evil and nothing can even explain what I did except for that man kind of is like rotten in, like we have the capacity to be wicked and yeah. that that is a thing like you know from taxi driver on that paul schrader obviously cares about exploring and taking a real tragedy like abu Ghraib. i i just think that fits very well with his sensibility and yeah it was <laughs> it was depressing and just haunted me yeah if i uh on a less on a less deep note, um, if I can go back to something you were talking about, like how the character doesn't have emotion and the things that he does and everything is matter of fact, I'm really glad that they gave him a specific line after he makes. There's a deal that he makes at some point, and he sends somebody to go do something, mm-hmm. and then he immediately goes to do yep. something else. And he I was really deal. uncomfortable until he was given a line where he was stating that like I want to do this. But also, I made a deal that I would act on the fact that I want to do this. That, I was like, all right, I think I'm yep. okay with this. But, like, at first, I was like, this is really kind of fucked up. If, if like, like, you're just doing this because, like, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I had the same process. I also want to say, and, and again, Tiff, I think Tiffany Haddish's, the way her character is written doesn't totally fit with me. She does a good job with what the character has to do. And I really like a scene the two of them have where they are walking through a kind of lit up, quote, city. Yeah, it's night. like a light garden kind of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is just like such a, it, it's visually dazzling in a way that feels very different from the rest of the movie, but it, it also isn't not brooding. Like it's, bo it's both, I, I don't know. That scene got me very well. And yeah. I don't, like, it, it's like bright and kind of romantic. And then also I think something terrible is going to happen. Well, it's got that, that, that's like one of the moments in the film where like they crank up that score that you like so yeah. much, where it's like, it comes in even more and you're like, this is cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, any last thoughts about this, Stephen? Nope. I don't think so. All right. Well, in that case, we're going to get two verdicts. So Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for until pass the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, must-see. Easy. I mean, it, on style and Oscar Isaac's acting alone, I think this is a must-see movie. And the fact that it also has coherent substance and sticks the landing and doesn't really there's no really shaky moments to me that just seals the deal but i just think it is a like it knows what it wants to do how it wants to make you feel and it's just done with like a singular focus and everything from the soundtrack to the look and feel to the acting like hammers this point home and i love it when a movie can be one thing very well yeah, I think for me, as the film is going on, it feels a little bit like a recommend with a caveat to me, where it's like, I don't know exactly where it's going. I don't know exactly what it's doing, but I think it does come around at the end with like a, oh, this is what you were doing. <laughs> and I think what it's actually doing is really, it, it just, it's, it's incredibly compelling. Like, so I, I will also give it a must see, um, so if you're watching it and you're not feeling it, just keep watching it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that is going to be the last review we're recording on this fine Monday evening. Um, so Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site, Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Card Counter. So hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yep, that is it for this weekend. We will see you soon with more reviews of whatever we have access to see. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.